The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to Matthew. Glory to you, Lord. Jesus said, You have heard it that it was said to those of ancient times, You shall not murder, and whoever murders shall be liable to judgment. But I say to you that if you are angry with a brother or sister, you will be liable to judgment. And if you insult a brother or sister, you will be liable to the council. And if you say, you fool, you will be liable to, hell of fi- to the hell of fire. So when you are offering your gift at the altar, if you remember that your brother or sister has something against you, leave your gifts there before the altar and go. First, be reconciled to your brother or sister, and then come and offer your gift. Come to terms quickly with your accuser while you are on the way to court with him, or your accuser may hand you over to the judge and the judge to the guard, and you will be thrown into prison. Truly, I tell you, you will never get out until you have paid the last penny. You have heard that it was said, you shall not commit adultery. But I say to you that everyone who looks at a woman with lust has already committed adultery with her in his heart. If your right eye causes you to sin, tear it out and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one of your members than for your whole body to be thrown into hell. And if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one of your members than for your whole body to go into hell. It was also said, whoever divorces his wife, let him give her a certificate of divorce. But I say to you that anyone who divorces his wife, except on the ground of unchastity, causes her to commit adultery. And whoever marries a divorced woman commits adultery. Again, you have heard that it was said to those of ancient times, you shall not swear falsely, but carry out the vows you have made to the Lord. But I say to you, do not swear at all, either by heaven, for it is the throne of God or by earth, for it is his footstool, or by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. And do not swear by your head, for you cannot make one hair white or black. Let your word be yes, yes, or no, no. Anything more than this comes from the evil one. The Gospel of the Lord. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, this is a cheery passage, isn't it? 
Ah, uh, wow. How can any of us pass the test of, of this gospel? I don't know. More than a purity test, this is a passage about restoring relationships through acts of reconciliation. That's what this passage is about, so we're going to go with that and stick with that. We have quite a lot in this passage, and it's impossible to unpack or even comment on all of it, which I, which I am not going to do. This is a passage that takes the Ten Commandments that were given to Moses, and now Jesus comes along, and he kind of ups the ante, and I'll explain how he does that. First, let's just look at what is said about divorce. There's a lot that needs to be taken into context. So, it's no secret that women, especially back then, were considered household property. There were concerns at the time of Jesus with those who followed Jesus for widows and women who were left alone who may have been divorced by their husbands and you know, also for orphans and all kinds of people who were left to fend for themselves in a society that didn't necessarily have the provisions to protect the most vulnerable. Women on their own would have been extremely vulnerable. Now, some scholars suggest that the intent here in Matthew is to stop men from divorcing their wives at random, which they could do, by laying on a stricter provision making sure that women aren't left out in, the, out in the cold or objectified in unhealthy ways that would only bring further uh, division. So we have to always, when we look at these Gospels, put them in context. What were the beliefs of that time? And then we can say, okay, well, what does that mean for us today? So in that respect, we look we look at this and we say, how can we today do our best to not divide and further fragment our relationships? And how can we today not abandon others, forcing them to live unprotected lives of poverty or, or some other um, circumstance that isn't beneficial? How can we take care of each other? Because we have laws, just like they had the laws of Moses, right, the Ten Commandments. But sometimes the laws may not be enough. So we have to up the ante sometimes. Matthew is very concerned about division, about a fractured society. And division goes way beyond just bad feelings for someone, like we have a bad relationship with someone. There, there's a spiritual division also, one that we call sin. Now you see, we're ramping up toward Lent, right? We're gonna hear a lot about sin, so that's why we're hearing all of this now. We're getting used to that idea of like, oh, we gotta talk about sin. Well, we do have to talk about sin. And sin is that, whatever that is, that separates us from God. And that is why Jesus in Matthew is focused on not just our actions, but our 
intentions, what is on our heart, that is how Jesus ups the ante. So our actions matter, but just as importantly, so do the thoughts of our hearts. It's like he's ad advocating for all of us to get a heart transplant. What lenses are our eyes looking through, and how can our hearts be changed? So when we think of the Ten Commandments, the word covet kind of sticks out. The word covet means much more than just idolizing or envying what somebody else has. It actually means having an intentional planning to obtain something for yourself. Again, this is all about the intent of our hearts because it's always self-interest that ultimately will get us in trouble time and time again. So Jesus's version of the laws just seems a little more strict with less wiggle room because it's our hearts that matter, what's on our hearts that matter. So how can our hearts be changed so that we don't further fragment our lives and society? And sometimes, and I'm, I am guilty 100% of this, sometimes we may just have to get over thinking that our way is the right way. We cannot always be right, as much as I like to think I'm always right. <laughs> um, and so we have to stop hunkering down um, in our own trenches, right? Like in war, when they made trenches, one on this side and one on this side, and we stay in those trenches and we hunker down and bombs keep going like this. We gotta get out of our trenches. So there's a lot of context in this gospel that can be explored here. But the important thing to take away is that Matthew's version of Jesus' teachings have concerns that are very deep. He's concerned about a moral context that has to do with reconciling divisions that are exploitative or that can hurt this new concept called the church. Not, not the building, but the community of believers. And there's already starting to be some divisions and you know he wants to keep everything all together. And Matthew is concerned about this division in the Jewish society at this time and certainly within uh, the church. So he's, he's really, really emphasizing healing the divide. And that includes the divide that we have in our relationship with God. And when there's a divide between us and God, that's called sin, okay? Whatever that is, you all know, and I know, how I sin, you all know how you do. So Matthew was writing at a time when he believed that the time was near when Jesus would return. Because it was gonna happen, it was gonna happen in his lifetime. And a lot of the New Testament is about hurry up and get down to business and clear things up and you need to be forgiven of your sins and you need to confess your sins because it's all going to happen in our lifetime. Jesus is going to return, so we've got to get our house in order. Get your act together. Reconcile your differences while there's still time. And this impatience 
Even though it was 2,000 plus years ago, it still speaks to us today. Because really, what is being advocated in all of this talk about law and how to act and not act is that there's no time like the present to get into a deeper, more meaningful relationship with each other and with all of those that we love, whom we love, and with God, that that time is now. Be purposeful, heal divisions, make things right, and do it now. And this becomes even more pertinent when we lose loved ones, when they die. And as we had two funerals here this week, I'm always surprised when I hear things about people in, after they've passed in a remembrance or a eulogy, and I thought, I didn't know that about that person. And I wonder, do we really take the time to know each other? Do we know the important things about each other? Don't wait for the eulogy to get to know someone or to really know that person. We don't have to worry about the imminent return of Christ in order to get our lives in, in order or to try to live as best we can in this present moment. Because we know that life is incredibly fragile as it is. There's no guarantee that we or our loved ones will always be around. I think driving in this morning, the last count of those who perished in Turkey so far in that earthquake is over 25,000, 25,000 plus people who all went to bed the night before and then gone. There's no time like the present, and I don't say this to be morbid, but there is no time like the present. Hug your loved ones, be good to your friends, bless them, wish them peace, pray for the world. Matthew reminds his listeners that the laws of Moses are all relevant and they are needed for a well-ordered society, no question. But with the coming of Jesus, we are asked to go further. Jesus makes those laws, the Ten Commandments, more intense, more internal. Not only must you not kill a man, but you must not even wish it or think it. And actually, he even says you shouldn't be angry at another person. But, you know, sometimes anger is healthy, and we have, we have our emotions, and we can express our anger. But what we don't want is for it to possess us to the point of harm where we will sin. So we have choices to make, to do this action or that action, and, and we have to choose wisely. Now, Jesus knows that, that our time is short on this earthly pilgrimage, and he knows his is as well. So... We all have stories, like I said, of, of, of you know, something happening where someone was here and then they were gone the next day, they were in their prime and they got a bad diagnosis and they had to start thinking about getting their affairs in order. But even if we live to be 100 or 105, it still doesn't seem like we've had enough time. So, so moments matter, and we are called to live into our moments in a deeper way with each other and with God. Matthew and Jesus want us to get down to business, and the bar is set pretty high. 
Now, sometimes this is a dangerous thing for Christians or seekers who want to understand Christianity because, gosh, you look at this gospel reading and you just say, oh, I just want to give up before I start. There's no way I can be this perfect person who doesn't falter, and then I'm going to go to hell, and I don't know what that means, and I don't even want to live in that space. But we aren't asked to be perfect. But maybe, just maybe, we are asked to strive for a little bit more excellence in this course we are all taking called human existence. What do we need to do to reconcile our relationships? Well, we as Christians need to take that first step and try just a little bit harder. Dostoevsky wrote a poetic work called The Grand Inquisitor. And this Grand Inquisitor, he's an atheist, and he says that Jesus, Jesus judged humanity too highly, for it was created weaker and lower than Christ thought. <laughs> In other words, Jesus made a mistake, and we are lower than he thought. Jesus' demands are too high. It's just going to make people give up before they even try. Well, I invite you to look at, the, at it this way. Having deeper and more meaningful relationships with each other is a noble pursuit. And reconciliation, especially now in these divisive times, it requires an attempt on everyone's part. And Christians need to lead the way, not cause the divisions. Division has gotten really bad, and if we are to be a united people, we need to have a little more respect for those whom we don't understand and try, try, make an attempt to understand that person. Maybe we should just be overachievers for a change in our commitments toward reconciliation. And here's the thing. As our collect for the day kind of reminds us, we can't do it alone. We can't do it without participating with God, without a commitment to God through Christ. We're not capable. We are to heal broken relationships. Does it mean we stay in, a, in an abusive marriage and that we shouldn't divorce? No. It means that we must somehow reconcile that relationship on some level where hatred and anger and swearing and bearing false witness and all these things that Jesus is talking about no longer keep us chained to the shackles of brokenness. That there can be a different level to that relationship. Even that relationship can somehow, somehow be reconciled not saying it's easy, but our relationships that are divided have to move on into something healthy. And finally, you know, God calls us to be ambassadors for reconciliation, and that is the moral objective. In order to be reconcilers, we need to check not only our actions, but our intentions. And if we have unhealthy, selfish, disruptive intentions, we need to acknowledge that before God. It feels good and satisfying to be angry at someone, but anger festers and can become a contagion 
an epidemic. For today, remember this. With Holy Communion, think about this when you come up for communion, we affirm that the impossible is possible. And we ask Jesus to make our hearts new again. It's like hitting the refresh button on your browser. We're no longer stuck on a page that's not working and that little circle just keeps going around and around and around. When we are in fractured times, harmony does seem insurmountable. But Jesus reassures us time and time again that life can begin again and again and again and as many times as it needs to. So let us, as Christians, lead the way. Amen. Stand as you are able, and let us say the words of the Nicene Creed affirming our faith together. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, Light from light. Grant, Almighty God, that all who confess your name may be united in your truth, live together in your love, and reveal your glory in the world. Lord, in your mercy. Hear our prayer. Guide the people of this land and of all the nations in the ways of justice and peace, 
that we may honor one another and serve the common good. Lord, in your mercy. Hear our prayer. Give us all a reverence for the earth as your own creation, that we may use its resources rightly in the service of others and to your honor and glory. Lord, in your mercy. Bless all whose lives are closely linked with ours and grant that we may serve Christ in them and love one another as he loves us. Lord, in your mercy. We offer prayers and thanksgivings, especially for those celebrating their birthdays, anniversaries, or other special occasions this week, especially Nancy, Barbara, Lord, in your mercy. Comfort and heal all those who suffer in body, mind, or spirit. Give them courage and hope in their troubles and bring them the joy of your salvation. We pray today for those who've asked for our prayers, who are not on the prayer list, for those who are on the prayer list. We remember and pray for the McCourt family, the Edson family, for Sterling, Laura Jean, and for all those who are on our hearts today in need of prayer. Lord, in your mercy. We commend to your mercy all who have died, that your will for them may be fulfilled, and we pray that we may share with all your saints in your eternal kingdom. Once again, we remember John McCourt and Ellen Edson. Lord, in your mercy. O Lord, our God, accept the fervent prayers of your people. In the multitude of your mercies, look with compassion upon us and all who turn to you for help. For you are gracious, O lover of souls, and to you we give glory, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, now and forever. Amen. Let us confess our sins against God and our neighbor. Most merciful God, we confess that we have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We are truly sorry, and we humbly repent. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us and forgive us, that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your name. Amen. Almighty God, have mercy on you, forgive you all your sins through our Lord Jesus Christ, strengthen you in all goodness, and by the power of the Holy Spirit, keep you in eternal life. Amen. The peace of Christ be always with you. And also...
<laughs> Good morning. Good morning. I couldn't make it through the throng of people. So I wish peace on everyone. <laughs> Wonderful. Lovely to see you here this morning. And I would just like to say how wonderful it is. Get up here, Anthony. Get up here. That our deacon Anthony uh, is doing well and is here today. So it's really good to see you. <laughs> so like I said in my sermon, uh, Lent is coming up. And next Sunday is our Shrove Tuesday Sunday breakfast. I know that that's <laughs> uh, we found that it was a um, that we could still celebrate Shrove Tuesday and not come here on a Tuesday evening. That we're going to do it on Sunday. So uh, before this service, starting at nine eight forty five nine o'clock, there's going to be breakfast out here. Um, pancakes and all, and, and a bunch of stuff. So that's happening next Sunday before the service, before the 10 and after the eight o'clock service. So right out here on the close. So just wanted to remind you of that. Ash Wednesday then is the Wednesday after next Sunday. Ash Wednesday kicks off Lent. And we have two Ash Wednesday services. Both are going to, are going to be here in the church because uh, one is at 12.15 and one is at 6 p.m. Uh, we're not doing it in the chapel because of some logistics with the nursery school and the kids and stuff. So um, two services, Ash Wednesday, 12.15 and 6 o'clock. And I hope to see you there. Walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself for us, an offering and a sacrifice to God.
always and everywhere to give thanks to you. Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth, because in the mystery of the word made flesh, you have caused a new light to shine in our hearts, to give the knowledge of your glory in the face of your Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Therefore we praise you, joining our voices with angels and archangels, and with all the company of heaven, who forever sing this hymn to proclaim the glory of your name. We give thanks to you, O God, for the goodness and love which you have made known to us in creation, in the calling of Israel to be your people, in your words spoken through the prophets, and above all, in the word made flesh, Jesus, your Son. For in these last days, you sent him to be incarnate from the Virgin Mary, to be the Savior and Redeemer of the world. In him you have delivered us from evil and made us worthy to stand before you. In him you have brought us out of error into truth, out of sin into righteousness, out of death into life. On the night before he died for us, our Lord Jesus Christ took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. After supper, he took the cup of wine, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them and said, Drink this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for you and for all for the forgiveness of sins. Whenever you drink it, do this for the remembrance of me. Therefore, according to his command, O Father, we remember his death, we proclaim his resurrection, we his coming in glory, and we offer our sacrifice of praise and thanksgiving to you, O Lord of all, presenting to you from your creation this bread and this wine. We pray you, gracious God, to send your Holy Spirit upon these gifts that they may be the sacrament of the body of Christ and the blood of the new covenant. Unite us to your Son in his sacrifice that we may be acceptable through him being sanctified by the whole Holy Spirit. In the fullness of time, Put all things under subjection under your Christ 
and bring us to that heavenly country where with Edmund and Blessed Mary and all your saints, we may enter the everlasting heritage of your sons and daughters. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, the firstborn of all creation, the head of the church, and the author of our salvation. By him and with him and in him, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all honor and glory is yours, almighty Father, now and forever. And now, as our Savior Christ has taught us, we are bold to say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. The gifts of God for the people of God. Take them in remembrance that Christ died for you and feed on him in your hearts by faith with thanksgiving.
Let us pray. Eternal God, Heavenly Father, you have graciously accepted us as living members of your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ, and you have fed us with the spiritual food in the sacrament of his body and blood. Send us now into the world in peace and grant us strength and courage to love and serve you with gladness and singleness of heart through Christ our Lord. Amen. Live without fear. Your Creator has made you holy, has always protected you, and loves you as a mother. Go in peace to follow the good road, and may God's blessing, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit be with you always. Amen. Amen.